You're listening to the Tree Council's podcast, Life on the Hedge. In this series, we're setting you on a path to a blossoming career in nature. You'll hear from young people as they start out in conservation, forestry, horticulture and more. We'll give you the inside story on what it's really like and tell you all you need to know to start your own journey in the green sector. Welcome to Pempont here in the Brecon Beacons. My name's Forrest Hogg and today you'll be joining us on the estate that's been in my family for over 365 years and it's situated right here in the heart of the Brecon Beacons National Park. At the heart of our series, hedgerows. These hidden heroes are the UK's largest priority habitat, supporting more than 2,000 species. But more than 50% of our hedgerows have been lost since World War II and many of those that remain are under threat. With their carbon-guzzling, pollution-absorbing powers, hedgerows are crucial in the fight against climate change. So let's get to know them. This 2,000-acre working estate is home to a collection of farms. The beautiful River Usk flows through it. And we have a community of farmers, growers, ecotourism businesses, and a vibrant cultural scene that is centred around Pempontia. I live here on the estate alongside the community, as well as my parents, my brother, and we also welcome visitors from further afield to our corner of Wales here to enjoy what we have to offer. I'm about to meet 40 community members and some young youth leaders here on the farm, on the estate, where we're gonna be looking at restoring some hedgerows. Welcome. So it's Friday morning and the weather is really good actually after several storms here. We're standing here in the farmyard looking out across the valley and we can see the the beautiful Brecon beacons and down below us is the river Usk snaking its way down the valley and this is a real typical landscape that we see in the national park. We've got little mosaics of woodland, we've got open pasture and we've got all these small little hedgerows linking the landscape together. And I'm about to meet Sam Harper Sam's a National Park Warden for the Brecon Beacons National Park and we've known each other a long time. Sam, like me, you grew up in the area but moved away to begin your career but couldn't quite stay away either. You were brought back like me. That's true. I'm also from the the Brecon area and yeah, definitely kindred my love for wanting to follow this into a career and I was lucky enough to pursue that really and went off to university and studied countryside management and really luckily came back to the area and got a job with the Brecon Beacons National Park. So, yep, living my dream. So, Sam, can you talk a little bit about your day-to-day as a warden? Yeah, the the sort of the job is really varied and you certainly have got to be really up for talking and mixing with your local communities. I always have a bit of a joke that it's kind of, you know, you're the old-fashioned sort of man of the community or the go-to guy that people want to sort of complain to or ask advice from so it keeps me on my toes but you know I really enjoy that side of it and being a people person I guess that helps. We've certainly noticed in the last couple of years in particular a great sort of diversity of people wanting to use the outdoors not just your hill walkers any longer so we've really got to manage that from the fact that a lot of the national park is owned by farmers by landowners whoever And, you know, these guys are the people who are needing the land to sort of make a living and and earn their money. And we sit in the middle of that to try and give people the enjoyment 
of the National Park, the freedom of open space, but then really support landowners and farmers in their, you know, their role of sort of working the land. When I realised that I wanted to pursue a career in conservation, I felt like the route was quite narrow. So I had to go down the sort of A-levels, university, study to a degree, countryside management, when really in my heart what I wanted to do was be outside, learning the skills, you know, really experiencing nature firsthand. But I think that's changed a lot today, and I think the opportunities are really wide and varied that if you've got an interest and and you want to pursue a career or just want to pick up skills there's huge amount of opportunities out there that you you can really go to and do this yeah so at Pempont we've been partnering with a, a wonderful charity called action for conservation and their core belief is you don't actually have to do a conservation degree or a biology degree to be an environmentalist actually this can flow through your life no matter what vocation you choose and actually we need everyone to be on board with this mission because it's a global societal issue and we need all the solutions possible to make a greener and fairer future. We have 20 young people between the age of 12 and 18 who are part of our youth leadership group and they've been working with us for about two years now helping us shape our own ideas around how do we restore nature back to the estate. My day-to-day job obviously I'm a warden for the Brecon Beacons National Park Authority and I've had the opportunity to partner up with the Tree Council. So now I coordinate the Brecon Beacons Tree Warden Group. As an initial project with that, we wanted to really look at the Brecon Beacons National Park ancient and veteran tree population. There was very little known about what we've got in 2022. So we wanted to really start from a blank canvas and map these individual amazing specimens we're starting to understand that we've got four, five, six hundred old oaks dotted around our landscape before were unmapped. They were probably known, but they were unmapped. So this is great. Today we're starting to build up a database. And so with Forest, we got our heads together and we really wanted to create a new hedgerow. And then that really brings us to today's practical day. We want to produce really great nutrient-dense food for our local community here. On the farm we have Longhorn cattle and Welsh black. They're both old traditional breeds. They're very hardy so they can stay outside over winter. And these guys are really our ecosystem engineers. So we welcomed them onto the farm last year and we're going to use them as grazers and they're going to basically manage our habitats on the farm for us. And at the end of the day, hopefully we'll get some meat products from them too. We also have Shropshire sheep on the farm. They're another old breed, and they're known as the tree-friendly breed of sheep because they're used traditionally to keep grass and herbs down in orchards. So they work really well with some of the plans we've got going forwards for agroforestry, which is more trees on the farm. It's just really great to see what Pemponds are doing here. They're, They're really mixing the old upland hill farming techniques but bringing in you know modern understanding of land management it's really exciting to see and you know i i hope that this is a case study that can really go on and be replicated on other upland farms in the brecon area obviously it'll suit but you know this this is a very similar landscape elsewhere in britain so it's exciting to see what forests and the group can achieve here today we're going to be 
planting a, a, a hedgerow or restoring a hedgerow. We've got some amazing species to plant. We've got field maple, rowan, blackthorn, hawthorn, oak and hornbeam. These hedgerows are really key connectors in our landscape and hedges are just a win-win scenario. It's a bit of a no-brainer for me, Sam. Yeah, and we're at a time where we've really got to step in and make a difference. You know, I know a lot of our nature recovery plans are showing that we're at a critical time. Many species are at an all-time low. So we understand now that planting hedgerows and, and putting wild corners back into fields you know, chances for ground nesting birds, that hopefully we're going to see an improvement with schemes like that's going on today. Well, welcome everyone. Today we're going to be up on the northern boundary of the farm, replanting a gappy hedgerow, which hasn't been managed, so we've just got these sporadic old hawthorns and then nothing between them, and we're going to be planting up these gaps. Time's tight and looks like we've got to go out there and check on the team. Join us back here in just a minute. Hello, my name is Sophie Pavel. I'm a zoologist and science communicator. I work in the Beaver Trust in the communications department doing their campaigns and trying to engage and excite people about beavers. And then the other half of my job is at the moment very focused on writing. My first book is coming out later this spring. My book is called Forget Me Not and it's a non-fiction narrative which tells the story of 10 different trips, uh, low carbon trips in search of 10 endangered species who are all on the front lines of climate change. So I was one of those students and, and kids that had so many different passions but had no idea how to put them together to make a job that I enjoyed. I felt like there was always a lot of pressure to come up with a job that paid well or, or would be successful or that was very vocational and all of my interests in like hiking, the outdoors, nature, just generally being outside. I never even considered the fact that there could be a job that could help me kind of develop all of those things. I did university and then I did a master's and I had no real sense of direction apart from I knew what I enjoyed. But luckily I had very supportive parents who just encouraged me to do what makes me feel happy and what I find joyful. I've done so much work experience. I'm such a great advocate of work experience because I think vitally it tells you what's not for you and what perhaps doesn't float your boat. It just built my confidence in communicating and just kind of getting over myself a little bit. Gosh, I mean, if I had social media when I was younger, I've met loads of people virtually through these platforms who have been amazing and I consider to be, you know, close friends. And I think that also would have provided a lot of inspiration to help me visualise an end goal because I would have had access to see people and the breadth of opportunities that exist in a career in conservation. Keep going and don't worry we need more people than ever to trust their passions and to just keep pursuing them. So uh, we've got three of these stations along this top ridge here. So the next one is in the next field along and then the third one is, uh, is again a little bit further. I'm just going to explain here what, what we've got and what we're going to be planting and how. At each station there's some module trays of little oak seedlings that we've collected from oak trees at Pempon um, two years ago and have planted out. So there's about 45 per tray. So it's, it's really satisfying planting this little oak sapling here. Um, 
These oak acorns were collected by our youth leadership group and team two years ago and now they're getting in, put into the ground which is fantastic. Oak in particular is a, a, an amazing host for biodiversity. Thousands of different species rely on an oak tree. It's just really nice to be finally planting. The sun's out. We can see the beacons behind us and it's a really special day. What am I going to put in next? I'll grab an oak next and I'll pop this oak in. Diversity is a, a key component to resilience uh, in any system and in particular in a hedge or a woodland. We want to get as many different species in as possible. We've got eight species at the moment and they all play a different role for biodiversity. For example, we've got, we've got some hornbeam trees going in and hornbeam is a deciduous, it loses its leaves in, uh, in, in winter, but actually retains them on the stem so it does provide cover for different wildlife throughout winter. And obviously all the different trees blossom and flower at slightly different times, supporting different pollinators. But yeah, it's going to be great seeing this hedge in a few years time when it's a bit wilder and messy and these trees have matured slightly. And hopefully below we'll have field mice and voles taking cover and we'll have a whole range of farm birds, songbirds, nesting, using this as habitat and corridors to move around this landscape. Hello, I'm Emily and I'm one of the volunteers today. I like planting trees as we've done some in the Pen Pond project before now. We did a lot in my school about climate change and geography and then a lot in primary school and it just seemed really depressing. So in lockdown I saw Pen Pond and I thought, oh, okay, I might give that a try. I think it's important for young people to get involved in this sort of thing because it's our planet and we've only got one planet. So if this goes, then we don't really have any. And also the animals are suffering as well. Mammals, birds, insects. And if they go out of balance, then everything really goes out of balance. Uh, hello, I'm Guion and I'm hoping to do conservation in the future. I want to take environmental science at university. My interests are quite different from conservationists. I'm really into coding and bass and all that kind of stuff, but I'm hoping to do this full-time one day. I came today to learn a bit. I learned a few skills. It's cool and it's make a difference, planting a thousand trees or whatnot. I don't know how to plant trees. I do now. So whilst our hard-working volunteers take a well-earned break for lunch, I want to introduce you guys to Molly Singleton, who's a colleague from Action for Conservation. So Molly, why, why is Action for Conservation so passionate about inspiring young people into conservation and conservation careers in particular? So I think that we want all young people to be inspired by the natural world. We know that all young people we work with might not want to become a biologist or a scientist, but we would like them to have some sort of inspiration from the natural world that runs through their sort of careers no matter what they do. We also know that there's a lot of young people who aren't represented in the conservation sector at the moment, so we would really like to be able to provide opportunities for people from all walks of life to get involved. And Molly, as you know, Pempont Estate is partnering with Action for Conservation. What is it about the Pempont project, do you think, that's a great place to start for young people to explore working with the natural world? I think Pempont is 
It's such a unique project. Our young people are genuinely involved in decision making and taking action. They work in collaboration with landowners and tenant farmers and other stakeholders in the community to to really get involved and their voices are, are really, really heard and they really matter. I think a lot of roles in the environmental sector, they need experience to get into that sort of role and Pempont really provides that like experiential sort of learning that that they can really use on a CV or in a job interview which is really really important. And what advice do you have for other young people who want to start looking into this kind of work? I think my main advice would be to get out there and to volunteer or to get involved in a a project a bit like Pempont if you can find one. I think research it, chat to a local youth organisation or your school or even like a a volunteering organisation nearby and just have a look at what you can find and the best thing to do really is to get out there and enjoy it and learn and have fun and meet new people and make connections. We're going we're gonna to divide into three teams I think. So our brave volunteers have had their lunch and the sun is still kind of shining so we're going to get back out to the field for some more planting and finish off these hedgerows. I'm really glad you guys could join me, Sam, Molly and our friends here today at Pempont. I hope it's inspired you to seek out opportunities, experiences, careers uh, where you can get hands-on at the front line of conservation and working in these beautiful landscapes. Whether you're looking for a local woodland group or want to find out about more opportunities available through national parks like where Sam works or charities like Action for Conservation and the Tree Council, head over to treecouncil.org.uk forward slash life on the hedge for some more useful tips. Thanks for listening. Bye. Found this episode interesting? Share it with a friend and give us a shout out on social media with the hashtag Life on the Hedge. You can find more Life on the Hedge stories from the Tree Council on this podcast feed. How about rating and reviewing our show on your podcast app? Not only does it help people find out about the show, but it also means you can help us celebrate how important our humble hedgerows are to the world. We'd also like to thank the partners who made this series possible. The Tree Council created Life on the Hedge as part of the Close the Gap programme funded by the government's Green Recovery Challenge Fund. The fund is being delivered by the National Lottery Heritage Fund in partnership with Natural England and the Environment Agency 